I think people are yearning for clarity in so many parts of their lives, business, personal, you know, ambition, how, what roadmap do I use to get where I want to go? And that's, it's yeah. so funny right now. A lot of people, that's what they're looking for. I think more than anything else. Welcome to the More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm Amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher. If you're anything like I used to be, you've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success. You create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do, and now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I have an amazing guest with me today. It's Ari Galper. He's the world's number one authority on trust-based selling and has been featured in CEO magazines, Forbes, Inc. Magazine, Sky News, and the Australian Financial Review. Ari has created a unique and different sales approach based on trust and integrity called Unlock the Game, designed so the dreaded act of chasing and that painful experience of rejection is eliminated forever, a feat that was never thought possible until now. And I know that all of you people who love sales as much as I do know exactly what he's talking about. It is specifically for business owners, consultants, and sales professionals who struggle with converting potential clients into paid clients. Many focus on growing their networks, having more conversations, that it's a numbers game, but converting them into paying clients remains an elusive mystery. Ari's big lesson you'll learn today is that you lose the sale, not because you haven't demonstrated enough value, but because you haven't created enough trust, a mindset shift that has changed thousands of people's lives. I'm super excited to dig into this episode. Before we talk to Ari, I want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Success Development Solutions, and the Design Your Life Mastermind. This is a book club designed to connect you to authors. If you are a person who loves to read, needs that accountability, wants to be able to talk about what you're reading with other people so that you can be able to implement that into your life, and then with that cherry on top, have a conversation with the author of the book, then the Design Your Life Mastermind book club is for you. Click on the Calendly link underneath this video, or if you're watching it in the Facebook page, go ahead and comment on the video. Let's have a conversation and see if it's a good fit for you. And with that being said, let's go ahead and have this conversation with Ari. Now that I butchered your intro and re-recorded it, how are you doing today? Good, Amber. No problem. All good over here. <laughs> good to hear. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And you know, it's so interesting because... I used to get so um, embarrassed when stuff like that would happen. And then I'm like, you know what? This is what people relate to. Like I would stop it. I'd re-record it yeah. and be like, nope, no mistakes here. And then exactly. you just realize like, man, it's it's just the game, right? And you're authentic. That's how it should be. That's how it should be. I'm really, really excited to dig into this conversation. So let's talk about you for just a minute. Um, outside of where you are now, let's go back. What was life like for you, 12, 13, 14 years old? What did you think you were going to be doing with your life at that point in time? Yeah, that's really way back there at 12 years old. Um, but, you know, I had an inkling towards this idea of helping other people. My dad's a psychologist 
And so I'm influenced from him. Uh, and as I started to move in my teenage years and go to university, I actually told my dad that my what I want to do one day is build a company called Confidence Builders. Ooh. Help people find their center, their confidence to be able to do what they want to do and not hold themselves back. That was a very, very young age. And even though my business isn't called that now, I think a lot of what I do for people in the sales process is give them back their mojo that they've lost over time with that notion of what they think selling is about. And if we can, we can transform that definition into something more real and more powerful, it's something to grab onto and, and you know take a ride with. Yeah, absolutely. So your dad was a psychologist. Did he own his own practice or did he, he work for practice. someone? Uh, mother was uh, uh, she's from South America. She was an interpreter from Spanish to English in the court system. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, they they were just you know kind of middle class and yeah. So we got a lot of empathy and a lot of openness and, and and that kind of thing and just taught to really do a lot of listening. Yeah, um, especially in the therapy world, like you realize that you do more listening than talking. Exactly. So funny to, especially even as a coach, I'm sure you experience this in the coaching industry, that sometimes you feel like you get paid to listen to somebody else talk out their own problems. And that's really the way that it goes, right? They just need that person on the other end of the phone because we know we just need to say I think, it. I think people are yearning for clarity in so many parts of their lives, business, personal, you know, ambition, how, what roadmap do I use to get where I want to go? And that's, it's yeah. so funny right now. A lot of people, that's what they're looking for, I think, more than anything else. And that's part of what I was talking about today around trust-based selling is not selling your solution, but instead providing them with clarity. Yeah. You know, that's such an important thing. And, and funny enough, I just recorded my podcast episode for Friday and it was called how to know where to start. And it was all about that um, analysis paralysis that comes in the very beginning when you want to do something and you have no idea where to start and you need that clarity. And I feel like there are so many people that get stuck there. Um, you said that your family was in South America. Is that where you were? Or so, mother, yeah. mother was uh, was born there. Okay. We, Is that where it, you were raised? I was born and raised in California. I now okay. live in Australia. I now live in Sydney, Australia. So uh, a bit of a hop. But I did grow up with Spanish in my house because she was from South America. I love it. I, I I am always just completely enthralled with, you know, how different cultures treat entrepreneurism and growth. And and so it sounds like from your dad that you had this entrepreneurial spirit that you saw with him building his his yeah. business and growing into what you had now. Were they supportive of you wanting to create your own empire? Very, very much so. And I wouldn't say my goal was the empire at the time, but maybe, hopefully, maybe I'll get their name. Who knows? But uh, they were in, they were in supportive of me doing what I love to do, which was uh, back then I was in sales and um, I was just comfortable with other people and not being pushy, but being myself. Uh, that's what that authenticity is what allowed me to kind of, you know, move into what I'm doing right now. But uh, yeah. yeah always yeah, that's awesome. So what was it that drew you to sales? Like, was there something that that caused you to want to do something that everybody else avoids, like the plague? I think I just enjoy the, the nourishment of connecting with new people. I just think it feels good to help other people. It feels good to know how to initiate a conversation without awkwardness, without rejection. That's the hardest part. People just aren't sure how to bridge 
the conversation where it's not uncomfortable and awkward. And I figured out how to do that, of course, in, in, in our way. But well, knowing how to do that naturally allowed me to get a lot of, you know, validation, I guess, that it felt good to help people. Yeah, absolutely. And there's this other thing too, where I love what you just said about sales being helping people. And there's this underlying requirement that you are congruent with what you're selling. And I think that the people who say, man, I hate sales are the people who are out selling knives and don't believe in the company that they're selling knives for or vacuums or whatever it is, right? Um, you truly have to believe that the product, service, or solution that you're selling will enrich somebody's life. Otherwise, it's just this, this nasty conversation, right? Well, that's, that's step one. Obviously, you got to sell something you believe in. Like and you and you believe can help people absolutely. So what was it that caused you to say, "Man, we could all do sales a little bit differently"? Sure, sure. Well, the story behind this, that behind the concept that happened to me twenty years ago, when uh, I was a software, I was a sales manager in a software company, and I was managing eighteen people underneath me, eighteen salespeople, and we launched the first online website tracking tool. Now it's called Google Analytics. Now it's free. But back then, we were the first one to launch that product. It was internet was taken off, and the leads came across my desk. There were big opportunities. The one call came through our website. I picked the phone up, and I heard Mr. Galper. I said, "Yeah," or he said, "Hello." And um, he is a big company. He represented. He has lots of websites, and wanted to learn about our product. And it was such a big opportunity. Amber, if I close this one sale, it would double the revenue in one opportunity. Wow. How big it was! It was huge. So the day finally came for a conference call and a demo to see our product. I'll never forget it. Four o'clock in the afternoon, Friday with myself and my my director uh, in the room big conference table little tables the old school speakerphone you know the black ones with the three legs on it yes looking phones and i dialed the number and uh he picks it up he's like hey ari said hey how's it going good and he says to me ari let us tell you who's with us in the room today and i was like oh didn't realize there'd be someone else there next thing i hear is my name is jack i'm ceo like oh this is good my name is chris i'm head of it this is amazing. This is Julia. I'm head of global marketing. Yes. I mean, everybody on this call was a decision maker. Like if it's going to happen, it's going to happen today. They are all there. So I introduced myself, explained what we do. We logged in, gave a live demo over the web of how it all worked live in real time, showing them these live statistics. And I'm showing this to them. And I started hearing this noise on the phone call like, wow, this is great. This is amazing. They started asking me all kinds of questions. How does it work? <laughs> How do install it? There was so much chemistry on this phone call. It was like a love fest on the phone. You know what I'm talking about? Like yep. they got the questions. You got the answers. You're saying to yourself, oh my God, this is amazing. There's so much chemistry. We're such a good fit. Like there's no resistance. It was like the most amazing call. I get the high five from my boss. He's like, yes, nice <laughs> job. Like, this could not be the most amazing call. And I'm thinking about myself, oh, this is my year, you know, right in this one call. So the call comes to a close. And my contact says to me, Ari, this is great. We love it. Look, give this a call a couple of weeks. Follow up with us. And we'll move this thing forward. I said to myself, oh, my God, this could not be what perfect ending. And I said my goodbyes. I took my hand. And I reached for the speakerphone to hit the off button. As I'm reaching for the off button, by complete accident, I hit the mute button instead of the off button they were right next to each other and a small click happened and they thought i hung up the phone and that's oh. a voice inside of me says ari 
go to the dark side. <laughs> go where no one's ever gone before in the world of selling. And I pulled my thumb back for a couple seconds. They started talking amongst themselves, thinking I had left the call. Here's what they said. They said, we're not going to go with him. Keep using him for more information and make sure we shop someplace else cheaper. Wow. Knife and heart twist. I was in a state of shock. Literally, I hit the I finally hit the off button, little wall, and I said to myself, What did I do wrong? I was competent, I was professional, I wasn't pushy. I did everything I was taught to do, but rapport, everything. And then I realized I had an epiphany that somewhere along the way, it has become socially acceptable not to tell the truth. Yes. To people who sell. It's okay to say things like, sounds good. Send me information. Oh, we're definitely interested. Wait, 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 wait. Send me a what? Send me a proposal. proposal. Yes. Yes. Without having any attention to all of buying. Anything to get off the phone or out of the call, right? Anything to avoid saying, you know what? No, I'm not interested. Yes. And I asked myself, why were they afraid to tell me the truth? I'd wow. be okay with that either way. And I realized fundamental here's what the problem was. There is an invisible river of pressure that flows underneath every chat you have with someone over the phone in the sales process. And they can feel it and you can feel it. But if you don't remove the pressure from the conversation, what will happen is their guard will always be up. They'll only give you just a few breadcrumbs that you want, and you'll be chasing what I call a ghost. Someone ever calls you back, and you play this horrible chasing game which dehumanizes you and makes pain selling so painful. And that's why I invented my whole new approach called Unlock the Game, where it's a mindset shift. You don't focus on the sale anymore. You focus on deep trust with someone, where you build what I call a moment of vulnerability, where they feel comfortable opening up to you and telling you the truth. So you yeah. know where you stand. That became the whole revolution behind our trust selling concept 20 years ago. You know, and it's so interesting because what's flashing through my head is, you know, all of the sales um, trainings that are like, hey, get them to say yes three times or get them to say no first. And then they feel like they can say no. And all of those things are techniques to get over that without actually getting over it, right? Without actually addressing the elephant in the room, ways to get around it. And I think it's really interesting to say, hey, there's this elephant in the room. And rather than like trying to get around it, we're going to like tackle it together to create this trust. I think that that's, that's unheard of in most sales trainings and platforms. It's very, this whole talk today will be very contrarian to what you believe and what you were used to, what the word selling actually means. Yeah, I'm really interested to dig into this. Before we do, I have a quick question for you on what you would have done differently during that call in the aspect of knowing that these individuals are now, because I think that this is a common thing where people will um, either price shop or product shop, either knowing that they're going to build something similar to what you have or knowing that they're going to buy something similar to what you have and they want to they compare. How do people who are selling their products out there um, protect their information from people who are shopping and still sell at the same time? Does that make sense? Do you understand my oh, question? Definitely, Am I, yeah. okay. I mean, people always ask me a lot. What would I do if I knew what I knew now 20 yeah. years ago? I'd handle that differently. Yeah. And the answer to that is that I never 
would have had the call. Really? Because I would have figured out, I would Mm -hmm. have figured out on that first call, on that initial call, what the truth was. Got it. You see, that's the mistake that we make is going to your question is that we feel our job is to educate, Mm. give value, prove our credibility. It's our own self-validation to show them that we have the answer. But my whole shift here is that your goal is not, here comes a bomb, by the way, your goal is not to deliver value anymore in your sales process. Your job instead is to provide clarity, clarity on their problem not the solution because they don't really care about how you solve their problem. What they care about is if you're the one to solve it or not. Yes, I can, I can completely see how that would, that would work. You know, individuals don't care how you're going to solve their problem. They just want to know that you understand it well enough to be the person who solves it. That and, you understand and, them. Yeah. Yes. And, under, that's what trust is feeling. Understood. Yes. You know what? It's so interesting because this is about sales and this is about relationships and it's about friendships and it's about leadership and it's about so many other things in how to have those conversations to create that trust, which is really cool. Yes. This is more than just about selling. This is about trust-based communication in general and all parts of your lives. Trust-based communication. I like that a lot. So you're sitting here, you are sure you have this sale, you hear this conversation, you're like, man, um, was there this immediate shift that you're like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna adjust. What was the adjustment period like for you? Was there this ego involved? Like, what did this look like for you? It was very short because I quit my job after that. Really? Because of my, this call? Yes, I said to myself, this is not the way. I ever want to be treated again. Wow. Dehumanized like that. And I said to myself, who else is it happening to right now around the world? And I realized it's happening everywhere, every single day with everyone been taught to sell the old way, which is presenting, convincing, educating. Everyone's being dragged through this funnel of, hey, I want to think about it. Give me a call next week. Sounds good. Hi, I'm just kind of follow up. And now you're chasing ghosts, people who are never serious about it. And now you're wondering, God, I hate sales. I'll go to LinkedIn and hide behind my Facebook account just to chat to people. <laughs> oh, I laugh because it's such a painful knowing of what you're talking about. It's such a painful knowing. And then eventually your chats are so overwhelmed that you don't even want to open your LinkedIn or your Instagram or your Facebook because you know there's going to be 97 people and only half of them are people. The rest of them are bots and they're they're trying to sell you stuff. So, oh my gosh, this is such a refreshing conversation. So you you quit your job and you start thinking, okay, there has to be a better way. What is this development process like for you? How do you get to the bottom of where things need to change? Well, interesting enough, because then uh, I actually got married and had our first son, whose name is Toby. And a day after he was born, we were told that he had Down syndrome. Oh. And at first, we didn't realize we did that to our lives. We realized a gift, we had a gift on our hands. You know, anybody has Down syndrome, you know the special gifts they have, right? They're mm-hmm. loving they're beautiful. They have no hidden agenda. They're transparent. They're full of love. And I said to myself, why can't we communicate that way with people in the sales world? 
And he became my beacon of light, my role model. I said, why can't I teach people how to be like him? Authentic, open, truthful, no games. And he inspired me to kind of launch and build this business around his view of the world where with people you can build trust with them instantly without playing more games anymore. That's the way he is. And I think all of us carry what I call the sales armor around us. We have this, this shield that protect us from other people taking advantage of us. But I think if you can become the way he views the world and treat people that way, they'll be like that with you as well. When do you think that sales armor is created? Like, where do you think that comes from? Cause I don't think we're always like that. It comes from our conditioning of what we believe selling is about. When we're at home, we're usually ourselves. When we go to work and become the entrepreneur, we got to make a phone call and, and sell something. We always, we tighten up. There's all this pressure. We get teed up. We're like, oh, I got to. And then we change who we are. We become nervous, uncomfortable. We talk fast. And now we lose our authenticity. And they can feel that from you a mile away. In fact, it's lost at hello. They know when you say hi, my name is, I'm with, we are a. It's over right there. Wow. That's so amazing. So you start to watch your son. You start to see the way that he's interacting with people. And you and start I took to- notes. I wrote a book about him. Really? And, and the book is? Lessons from Toby. I think it's That's in the box that I you as well. It's called Lessons from Toby. How to say centered in your personal and business life. And each That's page so cool. has a, a key element. Uh, for the whole year, uh, 365, of how to not get thrown off your authenticity. That's so amazing. I'm super looking forward to checking that out. So you write this book, you realize there's a better way to sell. Are you um, in a sales position at this point in time? Are you building a coaching business? What are you doing at that point? Right. So I quit my job and I had this idea of trust-based selling and I literally rented a room in in a basement in a mall and I put an ad in the local paper saying, come learn how to sell with trust. And one person showed up <laughs> at the workshop and had 20 chairs in the room. I was like, well, I guess I better do this. So I just delivered some slides, started talking. And then another person came the next day. And now I started to get some clients. I was like, oh, wow, this actually is people are suffering with the same ailment that I had. I didn't realize that. I started to grow from there. That's amazing. So you perfect to the, I hate the word perfection. You, you um, create this, this um, procedure, this, this way for people to sell. Um, And you said it's called unlocking the game. So what does that mean? What that means is being courageous and bold enough to not play the sales games. Everybody else assumes you have to do to be successful. Wow. Talk about being a contrarian, being bold and not accepting the status quo of the pain that goes along with that old way of selling. What do you think? Yeah. What do you think is um, maybe one or two? I don't know if you can focus on one or two. There's a lot out there. Um, What do you think are the biggest pieces of misinformation that people are given in relation to sales? There's a couple of myths I think we should address right now to clear the mental hard drive out of people who've been sold the old way of doing things. So, One is this idea that sales is a numbers game. The whole concept of the more people you call, the more contacts you have, the bigger opportunities you have. What we discover in this economy now, it's not about how many contacts you have anymore or how many calls you make. It's about how deep you go on each conversation, how good you are at trust building, not how good you are, how many contacts you make. 
It's a different way of thinking. The second myth is this idea that sale is lost at the end of the process. I'm sure you've been there before. You had a deal mm -hmm. pending that looked really good. Green light, green light, green light. They just kind of like fell through. Like, what happened? They were like, we were a good fit. We had a great conversation. Where did they go? Well, we discovered that the sale is not lost anymore at the end of the process. It's now lost at the beginning of the process at hello. And wow. we'll, make, we'll make a case for that today that unconsciously you are losing your opportunity at the beginning, not the end because of the way that you are communicating with people. It's really interesting. So is it as simple as just saying, hey, feel free to say no? Or is it like, how do you how do you create this trust with them? Well, you enter the conversation stripping out all elements of the negative salesperson stereotype. So for instance, a typical, let's say your outbound calling would be, hi, my name is, I'm with We Are A. And of course, when you hear that, it's over at hello. You shut down, right? You're like, yep. I don't know this person, and this sounds like a salesperson. So what the hell do you want? Yep. So in our approach is like this. Hi, Amber. My name's Ari. And I'm hoping you can help me out for a moment. Ooh. There you go. Now, human nature. Is how can I help? Exactly. Every it's, single yeah. time you're going to get, how can I help you? Because you could be a customer. You could be the press. You don't know. They don't know who you are. So they're, they're still trying to figure They're like, they got to say, how can I help you? It's That's called a two-way dialogue at hello versus wow. shut down at hello. That's interesting. Um that's I'm processing that because because what you're doing here is creating a two-way dialogue towards trust. You're not entering yeah. the conversation with a sales proposition. Yeah, so I mean, here's where I, and I want to avoid people doing this. So I want to go just a little bit deeper. I can see someone saying, Hey, um, I hope you can help me out delivering that perfectly. And the person says, yeah, of course. What can I do? And they're like, here, buy my stuff. Right. So there's gotta be something in between. I hope you can help me and buy my stuff. What are the biggest mistakes people make in that in between? Well, the goal is not to sell your stuff. Your stuff is not relevant. Your solution is too premature. Yes to discuss the solution until they've acknowledged they have a problem. Yes. It's like a doctor-patient relationship, right? When you go see a doctor, yes. they don't prescribe the medicine to you at hello. What they say to you is, where does it hurt? You're shifting yes. from the for you're the doctor now, they're the patient. So then you say this, you say, I'm just giving you a call to see if you be open to some different ideas on insights on how to address the issues of, and you plug in the two or three core problems that you help people solve. Wow. There's, there's so many things that are going through my mind right now because of, I mean, just the opportunities, like in, in what you're talking about, Every single call is an opportunity to either learn something or create a client relationship. If it's not a good fit, you learn more about what the pain point is that you address and where your products and services are either doing their job or not doing their job. And if it 
is a client relationship, then you have just built that on a foundation of trust. Because I think what is common in this industry and in, indus in the industry, I'm talking coaching consultants, um, is you create the relationship and then you spend the first two or three weeks of your time together building rapport and learning about each other and learning about them and creating the trust that you've just created before you even created a contract with them. They don't care about how you solve their problem. What they care about is if you're the one to solve it or not. They're asking themselves the entire time, do I trust her? Do I trust her? Do mm -hmm. I trust her? Do I trust her? They're not ready to analyze and assess your solution. It's too premature to the process to attempt to offer your... It doesn't make sense. You, The problem first, solution second. Most people do the reverse. Then they... Most people will say, no, no, I ask some questions. I, 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 I ask some questions. I said, asking questions isn't what this is about. You're just qualifying them mm. and trying to gather data. That's not trust building. Mm. Trust building is what I call going down the iceberg with someone. Yeah. The surface level, they're giving you just enough to chew on to get you excited. And then normally they go, great. We can help you with that. I got a coaching. Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. See, we are conditioned. When we sense an opportunity, our instinct is to move them where? Directly. Forward. Yes. Where? The sale. Yes. That's the problem. We've been brainwashed to assume that's what we should be doing. Instead, what I'm suggesting is you should not move them forward. You should move them deeper down their problem iceberg to really unpack the impact of their issue, identify if it's a problem to solve or not, and really see if it's something they want to own. It's like a therapist and a patient. The patient doesn't own the problem. They're the worst patients in the world to have because they're not going to help. Yes. Help them. Same idea here. Yes, I'm an I'm an attorney, and we always say that the worst people to the the client or the attorneys that represent themselves are the worst clients for that for that reason. Like, so I definitely I think that what you're talking about here is just it's it's incredibly valuable. So before we tell people where they can find this information, um, what is another myth that you wanted to discuss and, and break up? You said there were the a couple. The last one is the idea that rejection is is part of the process. You have to accept it. Get that thick skinned. If you if you can't take a no, if you aren't tough enough to take a few bruises, you aren't made for success. <laughs> that, that came from the old school sales manager got beat up and said, you know, you got to be tough. And yeah. you know, we, discovered, we discovered that rejection actually is triggered by certain things you say and do unconsciously that cause the other person to put their guard up and now you hit resistance. And what we teach people to do is remove resistance from the process to never and ever experience rejection ever again. That's interesting. So when when you say not experience rejection, that doesn't mean you never hear no. It just means that your no isn't rejection. Is or right? Is that the no idea? is equally wedded to a yes. You see, we don't. We're conditioned to do everything we can to get the what? The yes. Right. Or so the, we. Yeah. Get it. This is how it's weighted typically. Yes is more yeah. important. We don't want the no. Yeah. In our world, what we do is. Our goal is not the yes or the no. Our goal is the truth of whether 
were a fit or not. It's interesting. Um, I, I never heard, I, I've interviewed a lot of people that talk about sales. I've never heard somebody talk about sales like this before. Um, I've heard them talk about sales techniques that are surface level compared to this. Correct. Nothing that goes as deep as this. So if people want to dig into this a little bit more, what's the best way for them to learn more about this? Well, best place to start is to go to unlockthegame.com, just like it sounds. There's a free intro course there. There's a lot of content there. Um, and But I would encourage you to, I'm on LinkedIn, very accessible. I, I do a show there once a month called Stump the Guru. Oh, that's you can, awesome. You can jump on live like this and try and stop me with your top of sales challenge uh, on, on the show uh, live. That sounds uh, fun. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Say hello. Yeah, will do. Um, and then you also wrote a book about this called Unlocking the Game, correct? Unlock the Sales Game. Yeah, that book's on the website. And it's, Toby's book is there as well. I have a new one coming out next year called The One Call Sale. Wow. So we keep referencing calls. So I want to be clear do, in the digital age, do the techniques that you're talking about apply equally to somebody who's reaching out very via text message or email, or is this based upon calls? It only applies if somewhere in your process, you end up on an actual zoom mm -hmm. or phone call with somebody. If Which you're you pure, your pure e-commerce, then of course, this really isn't the ideal application. But this is designed for someone in a low volume, high price point, high trust model in that mm -hmm. quadrant over here where they have to build trust with someone for them to work with them. If you're not in that kind of business, this doesn't really apply. And I can imagine that some of the things that you're talking about are so important to getting people on that call. You know, if you're in a person that's making cold messages or cold emails um, before because that's kind of the new cold call, right? Is is cold messages. Starting that message in that trust-based format instead of, hi, how are you today? Which I, I, I don't know about any of you, but I get a message that says, hi, Amber, how are you doing today? The first thing I think is, what do you want from me? What are you trying yep. to sell me? What do you need? All right. So I can imagine that the, the techniques that you're talking about and the principles that you're talking about are just as important in actually making it to the call as they are in executing the call. Yeah. So I've got a whole course where around what I call trust-based writing. That's awesome. I convert all your communication and strip out the sales stuff and marketing stuff and put trust into your words. That's amazing. That's amazing. And so the free course is on the website, um, the intro, unlockingthegame.com. The intro course is there, the, the, the big truth concept. And you want to learn more, just reach out. We have a complimentary consultation. Now, experience what it's like not being sold something. Just to have yeah. that experience of talking to us and say, wow, they didn't try me to sell me anything. That's interesting. <laughs> there's a lot you, to learn about. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because there's a story that's coming out of me that I was told probably four years ago, a really good friend of mine runs a business in Delaware and he has a friend who sells printers. And this guy kept showing up at his office and at no point in time did he try to sell him a printer. Like he just kept coming and he would kept talk, he kept talking and building a relationship. And, and maybe within like a couple of months, my friend was like, 
okay, dude, what, what's the problem? Like, am I not good enough for your printers? Or like, why aren't you offering me a printer? And he's like, now I have this guy's printer in my, in, in my um, office, but he never once tried to sell me this coffee machine. And so when you say experience what it's like to not be sold, I think that that's really missing. And just like the message that I, that I mentioned previously, like we're in a world where people are afraid to answer their phone, right? If I don't know who's calling me and why they're calling me and you haven't prefaced with a text message first, I don't even know if I I want to talk to you because I have no idea what you're going to try to sell me. And so I think that it's really cool that you're putting this message out. Look, trust is the new currency. 100%. If you aren't consciously embedding this and putting this in your process right now, marketing wise, sales wise, and stripping out everything out of there that feels commoditized, you're going to hit some serious pain soon. Yeah. And I think that trust has always been the most important thing. We just weren't in a society that was in tune enough with it. There yeah. wasn't anybody out there was that was disrupting the game like this. And yeah. so we didn't realize trust was an option. And now when you know trust is an option, it's like, why would I ever do any of these other things, right? Yeah. Um, I love that. So unlockingthegame.com and the free intro course is there. The uh, books are there. The game, Unlock the game. Thank you. Yeah. And that will be in the show notes as well. So unlockthegame.com. Um, you can connect with Ari on LinkedIn, be able to jump in and stump him um, and be able to get involved in that. That's very cool. Um, and so all of that will be in the show notes. I highly encourage you guys to check that out. I'm looking forward to um, reading the book as well and checking out the intro course. Um, I ask every single one of my guests this question because I think that it's so interesting to me how everybody lives these different lives and everybody loves the, the, the people who are doing it well, love the life that they're living. Um, and everybody has this different definition of success. So for you, what does success mean? Um, to you individually? How do you define it? I think being able to say my truth and to be able to help people say their truth, if I can expand that exponentially, to me, that's my definition of, of, of leaving this place with a legacy of helping people. That's success. Love it. So leaving with a legacy of helping people to follow up on this, because that's that micro or that macro 10,000 foot view what do you do every single day to where you can lay down at night at the end of your day and say, man, today was a success? Like, how do you make sure that you're constantly doing things that move you closer to that 10,000 foot view of success? Well, I make sure I'm using the 80-20 filter principle on what decisions I make every single day. Like, you know, Jeff Bezos, for instance, he goes to work and he says he only makes three decisions a day then he goes home. The question is, what are those three decisions? Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that make the biggest impact. So I'm always saying to myself, what decisions do I make today that make that impact get me forward? That's amazing. And for anybody who's listening who is not familiar, what's the 80-20 principle? Well, it's the idea that 20% of your focus in decision-making impacts 80% of the results. And there's a book you should take a look at by Perry Marshall called 80-20 Sales and Marketing. That'll really give clarity on what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Perry Marshall is amazing. I love that book. So um, thank you for clarifying that for them. So you build your life around this definition of success, which I truly believe. And that's really where this podcast and this passion comes from, that 
what you do is not as important as making sure that what you're doing falls within your definition of success, right? Um, so I think that we're all kind of conditioned that we have to pick our career when you were young and you have to commit to that and what you do is important. And then you get to realize that like what you do really doesn't mean anything if it's not fulfilling you and moving you forward to your definitions. So I love that you've built those definitions for yourself. Thank you. I think clarity is definitely key. Yes, clarity is absolutely key. Um, I always love to relate with people. I, I feel like I'm kind of sadistic in this in this part of the conversation because like we get to this point where nobody talks about failure and I want to know all the failures. So we talked about um, this call that made the shift. What has been your relationship with failure that has allowed you to be successful? How do you bounce back? What's your internal process when something doesn't go the way that you want it to, to make sure that you learn from that and move on? Well, I've had many twists and turns and S curves trying to find my model that works for me, right? There's membership programs, there's webinar programs. There's so many things you can do, Facebook groups and lots of people are really great at hurting lots of at hurting together groups of people, the whole mass one to many model, right? Mm -hmm. I did that for a long time. I found that uncomfortable because that required a whole team to manage people who weren't happy. Yeah. And then, I started, then, then I was like, you know what? Well, let me, I'm going to narrow this down and go one-on-one -on -one with people. That, I'm best one-on-one -on -one versus one to many, I think in terms of the biggest impact. And uh, so we built the whole consulting business around working with entrepreneurs, professionals who are in that low, low volume, high price point, I trust business model where they're tired of chasing ghosts and not and wondering why they're not successful. And I think just, just the impact of going one-on-one, -on -one, getting clear on our model and that persistence to define that is what allowed us to hit the, hit the jet stream. As I call That's it. amazing. I think that um, similar to what you were talking about previously with rejection, that this idea of failure and fearing that has put people in such a, a um, cocoon that they're so afraid to actually try anything. And so I, I appreciate you talking about those, those experiences. Um, one more time, if anybody wants to connect with you, unlockthegame.com and your LinkedIn information will be in the show notes as well as in the comments of this video. Um, is there, is that the best place for people to connect with you is yep. the website on LinkedIn? LinkedIn. Yep. Okay, perfect. And before we wrap up, um, I want to do a quick random round with you. Is that okay? Let people get sure. to know you a little bit. Yeah. All right. Um, if you could do any profession other than what you're doing now, what do you think would be fun to attempt? Restoring classic cars. Really? That's so interesting. Do you do you have classic cars that you work I'm on now? I'm one right now. Uh, what are you looking not, at? Not, I mean, I'm not really mechanically handy. Yeah, uh, but I want to learn how to do that. But that's I have so amazing. You want more for me? I've got an old classic Porsche I'm restoring right now. I'll be ready next month. It's been a year. That's project, so cool. And it's been fun learning how to how the pieces of the system fit together. And I like system thinking, so it's cool to view it as, as a system and how you put pieces together to make the whole thing become artwork. That's so cool. Yeah, I am definitely not mechanically inclined either, but I've always appreciated watching people who can restore something, anything that yeah. is um, just classic. So that's amazing. Um, if you could time travel, where would you go and why? Oh, uh, gosh. 
I wouldn't look, I like being present too much to even think about wow. that. Wow. So this is. I don't want to escape somewhere else. I'd rather be I here. I love that. Be here right now. This is going to be probably episode 230 of this podcast. And you are the first person who has ever said I would rather just be present. I love that. It's amazing. So cool. All right. So you have your books that we talked about, Lessons from Toby. We also right. talked about Unlocking the Game. Um, and you said you have a new one that you're getting on, getting ready to release, The one right? called Fail End of Next Year. Okay, That's perfect. How to compress the sales cycle into one single conversation. That's amazing. So outside of those three amazing books, what is a book that you believe every business owner or entrepreneur should read? The one I mentioned earlier, 80-20 Sales and Marketing by Perry Marshall. That's that's the total game changer. Perfect. And then the last question, and this is purely selfish because I'm a music nerd. What is your pump-up song? What do you put on when you just can't have a bad day? Oh, that's funny. It's from the 80s. Um the point of no return. You remember that song from the yes. 80s? Yes. The point yes. of no return. It's just classic. It reminds me of those days in, in university college. That's amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Ari, I really, really appreciate you um, coming on and sharing some of your insight. And I think that what you are teaching and what you're talking about in the world of sales is going to completely change the game for people. And that's a good thing. Great. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. If anything that was said during this episode resonated with you or provided value in any way, it would mean the world to me if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the More Than Corporate Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I'm really looking forward to connecting with you. If you'd also like to connect, I've created a Facebook group that is full of amazing people who also make it their mission to live their best life every single day. If that's sounds like something that you're interested in the name of that facebook group is success center head over there request to join and i look forward to connecting with you soon